Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> the Houseboat. Written by Ben Errington. Narrated by Josh Curran. Just three feet behind Johnny, away from the deck, and onto the main body of the boat. Something smashes and explodes in flames. Johnny's first reaction is to dive to the ground, covering his head with his hands. The heat is intense, and Johnny feels it battering against the skin of his face. He peeks over the edge of the deck and sees a girl. She is screaming something, although Johnny cannot hear it over the rage of the flames. He sees heat in the air, making the girl bend and move like the reflection in a house of mirrors. She is joined by more addicts, maybe six or seven, all with their arms in the air, joining in with her screaming. These are the monsters Arnold has spoken of, no longer in possession of human reason and control. They are brutal and without concern. Johnny gazes up at the dull sky and sees another flaming missile whiz past. He recognizes the item as a makeshift Molotov cocktail a glass bottle full of gasoline, stuffed with an old rag. The door leading down into the houseboat swings open. Johnny hears Ira shouting something at the top of her voice. Arnold comes out and up onto the deck, his head low and a pistol drawn in his right hand. He fires a few shots through the flames and comes over to where Johnny lies on the deck, kneeling down next to him. He puts his left hand on his shoulder. Are you hurt? Arnold asks. Johnny shakes his head as Arnold gestures for him to stay low. Arnold fires another couple of shots, and Johnny sees an addict near the edge of the canal fall forwards into the water with a yelp. The flames now spread on the ground and set the bottom of Arnold's trouser leg aflame. Calmly, he stamps out the fire and fires one more shot before loading a fresh clip into his gun. Stay down there, Arnold shouts at Ira 
who is peeking through the door. Johnny moves onto his knees, looking across the water at the attacking addicts. They are jumping and yelling, as if performing a dance to strike fear into their opponents. There are more of them now than Johnny had previously seen. Johnny counts at least 15, although he is sure there are more. Most of them are male, although there are at least three females, all pale and slender, like the first Johnny had seen. Johnny sees that the flames atop the boat are spreading. Another Molotov flies past, but it is off target and lands beyond the boat in the water. Can you use this? Arnold says, holding out his pistol. He takes hold of the gun without a word and drifts into a silent thought while Arnold explains. He doesn't listen, but gets that point and shoot is basically it. Arnold gives him two fresh clips, which Johnny puts into the pocket of his jeans. Arnold demonstrates how to pull back the barrel until it clicks once and a new clip is loaded. Johnny nods. Be right back, Arnold shouts as he retreats into the boat. Johnny moves away from the smog created by the flames, his eyes locking onto the addicts across the way. One of them throws another of their homemade firebombs, which Johnny sees high in the air. He raises his arms straight and fires the pistol, exploding the Molotov in mid-air. One of the addicts screams like a banshee. Johnny feels a rush of hot air hurtle past his left ear and notices that at least one of the assailants has a gun of his own. He crouches down behind the edge of the boat and waits for the addict to fire enough bullets so that he needs to reload. The bullets hit the hull of the barge and a couple miss the top of Johnny's head by inches. When Johnny is convinced he has an opening, he leaps up and shoots. One male addict is struck in the shoulder and he hits two female addicts in the chest and face, their bodies falling to the ground. It is enough to disperse the crowd, most of them beginning to take cover behind walls, bollards and trash cans. Arnold comes back onto the deck with a fire extinguisher in his hands. He aims the nozzle at the gathering flames and sprays them with a white powdery veil. Johnny covers his face and moves across the deck. He sees more addicts gathering on the embankment behind him now, one of them holding some sort of crossbow. He reloads and fires at the addicts, the white smog smearing his vision. Johnny takes two of them out, but a third leaps from the side of the canal, slamming against the side of the boat and falling into the water. Three crossbow bolts, fired in quick succession, zip over Johnny's head. The cloud created by the extinguisher giving him some sort of cover. Keep shooting, Arnold yells, a bullet pinging against the flagpole to his left. Arnold puts down the extinguisher once the flames are quashed, leaving behind black and grey scorch marks. With almost inhuman speed, Arnold snaps an incendiary grenade from a utility belt, pulls a mechanism, and throws it hard across the water towards the first group of addicts. Johnny watches the grenade sail through the air and land in the middle of the four addicts, exploding in an orange burst of flame. The addicts are immediately set alight, screaming as they burn. A silence falls across the boat and the surrounding canal. The white cloud fades away, revealing Arnold's piercing stare to Johnny. It isn't a face of fear at all, like Johnny supposes his may be. It is a face of determination.
If you see anything move, shoot it dead, he says in a whisper. Johnny hears a rush of air and a dry snap of collision. His left thigh burns with pain, and Johnny looks down to the source. A crossbow bolt has penetrated his leg, and the immediate pain overwhelms him. His leg gives way, and he collapses, gasping for air as he panics. Arnold crouches over Johnny and slings another grenade towards where the attacker was previously standing. He turns back to check on Johnny, only to be met by the sight of a sodden addict standing on the deck with him. He holds the crossbow at his chest, aimed directly at Arnold. Listen, Arnold says, his hands open wide. We were just defending our home. The addict wears denim jeans and a leather jacket, his bare chest visible from underneath. Like many of the addicts Arnold has come into close contact with, he has bare feet. His hair is short, which Arnold can see has been cut jaggedly, perhaps by a piece of broken glass. Good to keep up appearances during the apocalypse, of course. His eyes glow with the same red glow Arnold had seen in the eyes of all these animals. The addict doesn't answer. Arnold notices something different about this one. Something human. Not just a blood-hungry monster like the rest of them. Don't give a fuck, the addict sneers. But he forms his words better than the others. Just here to kill and eat. That's all. Kill and eat. So hungry. You got food? Arnold tilts his head. No food here, he says. Get off my fucking boat and try somewhere else. The addict comes closer his yellow teeth biting together. I've got the kill shot, fuck all, he snaps. I'll cut your throat and bleed your dry dickhead. You killed the others. We followed your stench, you stupid moose. Followed you to your floating shithouse. Deed me up, or I'll kill you and take what I want. Arnold shakes his head. I told you there's no food here. You tried to burn my home into the water. Get fucked, maggot. The addict jumps up and down, the boat moving with each bump. If I'm the maggot, you're the cow's ass, he yells. If there's no food, I'll eat you. Rip your flesh and clean your bones. Eat your liver, rip out your intestines while you're still alive. It'll hurt, hurt bad. Arnold leaps forward and takes hold of the addict's wrists, bending them backwards to try and dislodge the weapon. The addict is strong and shakes Arnold off firing a bolt which tears into Arnold's jacket sleeve but does not penetrate his flesh. Arnold kicks out and manages to hit the addict in the knee. Arnold rushes with his arms wide, grabbing hold of the crossbow and ripping it from the addict's grip. He throws it from the addict's reach and leaps at him, knocking the saturated man to the ground. The addict avoids a fist coming at his face and bites hard on Arnold's wrist. It is enough to draw blood and Arnold screeches in pain. The addict rolls from underneath Arnold and clambers on top of him. He takes hold of Arnold's neck and pushes down onto his windpipe with his thumbs. The addict spits globs of foul saliva into Arnold's face as the old man gasps for breath, beating against the addict's body with weak fists. Never eaten a little bitch before, the addict derides through dribbling lips. Arnold hears a dry pop. He sees the rage fade from the addict's face. Blood flows down from his neck and follows down the addict's arm. Arnold sucks in a breath as the addict's grip loosens. The monster falls down next to Arnold, his eyes going dead and his body becoming heavy. He looks up from the corpse 
to see Johnny standing across the deck, holding the crossbow out in front of him. He lowers it and falls back onto the ground with a grunt. Arnold laughs as he looks around, realizing that the dead addict was the last of the enemies. He stands and moves over to where Johnny is slumped. He examines the bolt sticking out of Johnny's thigh. Let's get you fixed up, Arnold says. It hasn't gone too deep, so let's have Ira take a look at it. We don't want it getting infected. They're gone, Arnold whispers. It's over. Johnny nods silently. For now. Johnny looks around at the scorched paintwork of the boat, the broken glass, the blood, the gravel, the dirt and the bullets all over the ground. The encounter with the addicts seemed to have awoken something in Johnny, something he knows was already there, deep in his subconscious, but had been brought to life when he had fired the gun at them. It had changed from black and white to technicolor when he watched them burn. Johnny ducks his head as he is guided down into the houseboat by Arnold's steady hands, the rosy cheeks of Ira entirely washed out by fear. There's a word that flashes in Johnny's mind for a second, the name of somebody that his brief amnesia had tried to bury forever. Now it feels like the only thing in this terrible world that he has to call his own, the man who killed him. Halyard. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Houseboat was written by Ben Errington, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes with music by It's Dylan C and Tom Robson. Our first Kickstarter is alive. We're crowdfunding our first comic book about the post-apocalyptic luchador El Marvo, and you can grab the first issue for $1. So go to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash Kickstarter to be redirected. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you want to support the creators, then why not become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. There you can support the show from as little as a dollar a month, that's less than the price of a cup of coffee, and you'll get special ad-free early access to episodes, Q&As with the creators, and even a special bonus episode produced just for the patrons. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.